Hello, and welcome to episode 120 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Today's conversation, what are your strategies and tips for staying abreast of changes in our industry? Let me throw down some introductions. We've got Nate Birch in the studio, SEO manager at MapR Technologies. That's me. Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. What's up, my man? And Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. How's it going? And I am Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Myriad Genetics. So today's conversation, what are your strategies and tips for staying abreast of the changes in our industry? When I say our industry, obviously we're talking about digital marketing. I'm going to pass this off to Paxton, and he's going to kick us off. Yeah, so this topic was my idea and the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I like to get input from other people on how they can they stay up on what's happening in the industry. Some of the problems that I face have to deal with the fact that I'm a little bit OCD and a little bit completist. When I play a video game where you can check little cupboards and chests, I have to check everything and find every little little thing. And So Zelda took you like 10 times longer than yeah, the normal kid? Yeah, it takes me kid. way longer, yeah. So I'm running that issue here in that I don't I want to make sure I don't miss a good article or I want to make sure I don't miss a good tip or tactic. And I find that our industry is so flooded with a lot of fluff, uh, a lot of things that aren't very useful, a lot of things that will waste my time if I decide to spend time reading it. So I want to know how you guys suss out that good information from all of the chaff. So I'm not I'm not going to start with my stuff, but I do think that this conversation fits perfectly with how Brandon has Market Campus set up because that is one of the questions that potential or prospective digital marketers have is once I get into this, how do I how do I stay up to date? Especially since all I hear is this industry is changing every single day, every month, every week, whatever. How do I how do I keep up to date on that? And I think that it's answered very nicely in the Market Campus curriculum. More than just the curriculum there's also community, but before I keep going, I'll just pass it on to Brandon and see if he can uh, kind of dive a little bit deeper into how Market Campus handles keeping up to date on on these specific things and how do you teach your students to do the same thing. Yes, well, thank you for the free promotion there. As far That's, as that wasn't free, by the way, we're going to charge you later. <laughs> oh, dang it! Time, time is do, money, Brandon. Are you guys on Venmo? So <laughs> hopefully. So as far as how I stay up to date, because obviously. I'm in the business of, you know, selling knowledge, selling education. So it's absolutely critical to be teaching the latest stuff and not just, I mean, anyone, I mean, you could teach the uh, basic SEO principles, the same ones for the last probably three years and be pretty accurate on, on, on what's going on there. But uh, I'm always pressuring myself to stay up to date with everything. And, you know, there's, so some of the, when I was thinking about this question, some of the things that I wrote down myself. First off, I mean, there's some great communities out there. Obviously, Inbound is one. Not everything on Inbound is super great, but it's worth, you know, popping in there once a day or even once a week uh, is great. And, and they have an email digest, which is nice because many days I just don't have time or I forget to go to uh, the Inbound community. So they kind of send out like the top 10 posts every Saturday morning to me. And um, but for, uh, more than that, like I even like even emails because I have so many emails even though there's a digest sitting in there, I usually just archive it and tell myself when to go back and read it. it. Never happens. 
So I, I heavily rely on social. Uh, I subscribe to everything on all my social media platforms just because then it's like in my face, a big graphic. It catches my attention. And at that point, uh, I can make time to read. But I would say my biggest, and this is what we teach our students, my, my biggest way of learning is just to ask questions. I think as marketers, we should always be questioning everything that's going around around us and with we're just with our own marketing you know we ask ourselves every day how do we increase sales how do we get more traffic how do we do this and there's answers to those questions and we don't always know the best way i mean we can say well we're supposed to be active on social we're supposed to create create good content but you have to really dig in and say well what type of content do people want in 2016 what are they going to want in 2017 how is the medium changing and are we adapting to that or are we just sticking with twitter facebook Instagram and email marketing. So questions is the big thing. And that's what I teach people through the Market Campus course is just always, always, always be questioning. And not only will you get uh, more research done, you're probably going to get a lot more content ideas along the way with all those questions and the different inspirational thoughts that you have along that way. Well, beyond just asking questions, you also need to question the source of the answers. You look at different industries, I think advertising comes to mind. Advertising has not changed that much in the last 50 years. I know Paxton has an advertising background. Would you disagree with that? It really depends on what you define as advertising. So no, you don't disagree? Okay, great. So (laughs) advertising has not changed that much. If it's changed at all, it's been very minimal. I mean, Uh, PPC, anything, any paid exposure yeah, is advertising. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. And when I when I say advertising, I'm I'm specifically thinking uh, traditional advertising. Okay. So traditional advertising, you ask someone who's been in that industry for 50 years their advice and they'll give you they'll give you their advice, they'll give you answers to your questions and it's most likely correct. It's it's been correct for the last 20 years. Whereas digital marketing, you go to somebody who's been an expert in digital marketing, which by the way, nobody has been an expert in digital marketing for 50 years, but what happens is you ask somebody a question and if they've been in the industry for however long, they're a pioneer or whatever, and they're this expert and they give you this answer and you act on that answer as if it's fact, you're a fool because things change so quickly that even the people like us sometimes miss things. So you need to go to multiple sources. You need to find the places that are most up to date. The reason I brought Market Campus up is because you have a community, Right. Which is, a, which is a big tactic as far as staying abreast of what is going on in the industry is, is being a part of a community with dozens, hundreds, thousands of people who all have the same goal, right? Anyway, so I just want to mention, along with questions, which I agree with, you should definitely be answer, or asking questions, but beyond that, question the answers you're getting. So for your an- answer, Brandon, what you're saying is just ignore what's going on all this inbound media, the stuff that's crossing my plate, and rather just focus on what I want to focus on and go out and find the answers, meaning I go and ask people who are doing what it is I want to learn about. To some extent, yeah. I mean, every day I see stories. It's like how to improve your how to improve your content, how to increase your traffic, all these different things. And there's some where it's like a big update, and you can you can tell it's important, and you may not be interested in it, but you can tell that okay, this might be worth learning. But I just find that I've, I've read articles that come across my feed and it's, it's great. It was a great article. I learned something and then I forget it, you know, an hour later because I wasn't applying it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you learn better when you apply. So if you're constantly questioning everything and you have a list of questions of what you're trying to solve every single day, 
you are in that learning mode and then you're actually applying it, you're testing it. And then you, you don't need to worry about filtering out the crap because your research and your actual application is, is filtering that out for you. And then you find out the real answer and you don't care what anyone else says because you tested it and you know if it works or not. Yeah. I really like that answer. I think that's probably one of the best tips that we've had on this podcast. Just ignore all the stuff that's coming in because I can't tell you how many times I've seen come across my feed an article about how to get more Twitter followers that basically just says churn and burn. There's so much repeat information and the fact that all these articles are about how to produce content. The people who are producing the content are people who are writing about producing content. Like we are marketers and we're reading stuff written by marketers. And so there tends to be a lot of that crap. And I think in our industry more than others, but maybe, maybe there's, maybe it's the same in other industries. I don't know, but I kind of get that feeling that it's worse than ours. For me, I like to actually spend a lot of time curating exactly who I'm following. For example, I don't have a huge, are you talking about on Twitter? On Twitter specifically. So I'll, and, and I'll go into a very specific case of how I use Twitter. I, I take time to actually look through who I'm following because I know that those people aren't going to just flood my feed. And one thing that I love to do is I have a simple Kindle paper, Kindle Paperwhite. Super easy to install a Chrome browser and to install the plugin to download that article onto my Kindle. And it automatically pushes to the Kindle. So what I actually do is every day I will spend a good 15 to 20 minutes and sometimes even up to an hour going through my Twitter feed to see what new articles are out there. And if it's relevant to something that I'm doing right now, I will, I'll actually spend the time right then to read through it and take notes and see how that's actually going to help my job today. If it's a little less relevant, I'll, I'll click on the Kindle button, shoves it to my Kindle, and I might read it that night. I might read it a week from now, but it then adds to my filtered queue of content that I want to read later on. And I have found that is a very good way for me to not forget which articles I've read. And for example, I'll even do that with articles I read at that moment. Because I really liked it and I want to reference it back to another point that, that, that I want to read. So I do something similar where I, I use Pocket and I have Pocket on my iPad. So I'll use Twitter to go through and find stuff that's interesting. Or if I'm just browsing the internet and I find an article that's interesting, I'll save that through that extension and it will go to my iPad, which I'll read later. The problem that I'm having is I sometimes I don't log into Twitter every day and then I will miss a day and I'll go and I have like, 150 back tweets that I have to go through and sort through. Uh, or I sometimes my pocket backlog will get really big. It gets overwhelmed. Yeah, I, I yep. get like 65 articles in there that I have yet to read. That all I consider all of them important because I put them all there. But to find the time to go back and read, you know, yeah, just gets I've a little overwhelming. Yeah, I've exactly the same thing. And for me, what I do is I then have a, a time filter. So I'll go back for probably two or three pages on my Kindle. And if it's more than two months back that I haven't read and caught up, I will just actually scrub those and start from the most recent, most current. Because if I've saved it more recently than other articles, I see those as more time relevant to what I'm actually working on. Mm -hmm. Sounds like Pocket needs to uh, come out with Pocket Plus, which allows you to uh, filter through the ones that you've already filtered. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> no, <I'd> so... <laughs> <laughs> you use Pocket to filter through articles that you want to read later. Oh, yes. You have 65 articles that you have yet to oh, read. Oh, you need a double filter There's system. no way you're going to get through those 65 before another 65 shows up. Right. You need Pocket Plus. Right. Well, and has anyone ever read uh, 4-Hour Workweek from Tim Ferriss? No. No? Um, one of the things he, he talks about, he takes a very extreme approach to everything, obviously. 
and uh, he encourages. So part of the the process he has you go through is you kind of go on a media fast for seven days. You don't check your social feeds. You're you're not checking news websites. And the the point of that, and he does it permanently from from everything I've read. His philosophy is that if it's important, someone's going to tell you about it. So if he's eating at a cafe, he could just mm. ask the waiter, hey, what's going on today? And then they'll tell you. The key to that, though, is surrounding yourself with the right people. Uh, I would feel pretty confident that if I worked with you guys every single day in the office, I could probably never check social and just say, Jacob, what's going on? What, what's the latest stuff you're working on? Why? Well, because know, I'm the one addicted to social? Yeah, what if we because, all had that same policy? Oh, yeah, sure. But not every, no one's going to have, or it's not no one. The majority of people are never going to do that. See, yeah, well, that, bu- that, that book was not written for his position. That, that book was not written for the digital marketing. That is, marketing. Not that is yeah, an extreme no, no, no. approach. I'm not <laughs> recommending that. The point is, is I, I, it kind of goes back to what Jacob was saying when he mentioned community. I think there's huge value in surrounding yourself with people that are like minded. If you want to be a better basketball player, play pickup games with people yeah. who are better than you. If you want to be financially su- successful. Don't hang out with broke people. If you want to be a better marketer, find the ones who you know are better than you and do everything you can to be around those people, whether it's work with them, communicate with them on social. And you'll find that because there's so much noise in our industry and in our industry, especially because it's marketing, it's really hard to filter that out. And if you're surrounded by people you're confident in, it takes a lot of pressure off of you, like stressing like, crap, I haven't been on Twitter in three days. Did I miss something? If it was really important for you to know, someone would have told you about it or you can just check with your connections to see what they're working on and you'll usually learn way more that way. So I actually have a note on this specific thing because I have uh, an experience that supports that. So when we worked in an agency together, that was the best way for me to learn was sitting down with other professionals in the same industry as me and we all have the same goal and we're all trying to figure out what's bigger and better and more creative and, and brings in the most results or the best results And when I left the agency world and went to the in-house world, I lost that source. I lost that resource where I was in, or I was always every single day learning new things in the industry. Whereas now I'm kind of siloed uh, in my own little world. And I, I, now I need to come up with new methods of keeping up to date on these things. So coming back to a conversation that we had off the air, Brandon and uh, Brandon was talking about how this podcast was created for that exact reason. And that's that's why I chose to be a part of this podcast, not because I really like you guys and like hanging out with you all the time, which is true. But as we go through these topics and I'm forced to research these different topics, it allows me and gives me that outlet to, yeah. to, to keep up to date. Yeah, and we used to, I, you know, we used to meet every month for lunch and it was basically us just sitting around the, the table wherever restaurant we were at. And we would just get into arguments and discussions about digital marketing. That's where it would always lead. And and so that kind of just said, well, why don't we make a podcast about this same thing? So that I did, you know, I would, I used to find those lunches really, really valuable. A chance to just sit, sit and hash stuff out, hash ideas out, say, here's, here's my idea. Tell me why it's stupid. Or here's an idea. Tell me why it's genius, you know, things like that. So perhaps... Uh, there's a huge, that's something that people should be working on is developing a close circle of people who they can trust that they know are good marketers and meeting with those people on a regular basis. So maybe the answer is more, which is kind of uh, odd that it's for digital marketing, but the answer is do more of a traditional approach, surround yourself physically with people that are interested in this field. 
But if that's not a possibility, then there are groups and there are communities online that you can digitally surround yourself with with folks having the same goal. Well, yeah, that uh, that actually works really well for for what I wanted to talk about as well because I remember again back at back in the agency setting, the, it was it was clear back to when when authorship and Google Plus was promoting authors and and I was trying to learn more about the schema.org markup and <laughs> not another single person in the company was interested in that. So, I then had to branch out to in this case it was Google Plus. There were some really good Google Plus communities Yes, they were new, but that, that was kind of the point of them. They were at the edge of what everyone was talking about with schema markup. And so when you don't have a, a, a close group of people that you can connect with, you really do have many options online to be able to, to join with like-minded people. And you can, do the, you can get the same benefit from it. You can feed off of each other's knowledge. And the tests that you're doing, the failures that you have, the successes that you have, use all of that to then bring back to your main group because then you can distill that knowledge to everybody else and it's just it, it's a sharing environment and, and i actually really enjoyed that one thing i want to know brandon i know that you are an advocate for the uh, unique and odd social media platforms i want to know if there's anything that you're using that most people aren't to stay on top of the industry like do you mean uh, using these new platforms to get like specific information that I'm not getting elsewhere yeah. from like what people are sharing or just based off my testing it out. Or even specific people you're able to connect to or connect with that you wouldn't otherwise be able to. Let's leave it open to interpretation. So yeah. <laughs> just, just answer it however you'd like to interpret it. Um, well, so I have been using, so has everyone heard of a uh, peach or Nope. Heard the name. It's like the big network everyone's talking about. It came out of CES. Sounds fruity. It's very fruity. Sounds like everyone's talking about it. <clears throat> Sounds like yeah, everyone's talking about it. Everyone who reads the news is... Uh, so I downloaded it. I hated it. I thought, I'm like, this is just going to be one of those fly-by-night things. And then I saw it on three news networks talking about how, like, this huge uh, peach craze. It's the guy that started Vine. He started Peach. I think that's kind of how it got off the ground, but it's like a combination of Slack, Twitter, Vine, and Facebook. It's really weird. And it's kind of a new personal way to connect. But so I've just been testing that out and it's just been really fascinating like that and Cyberdust, which is from Mark Cuban. I've gotten way more exposure on Cyberdust than I have on Snapchat. I've put in a lot of money and a lot of hours advertising our snapchat channel and then i've done very little work on cyberdust and you can track how many people are taking screenshots how many people are actually viewing your posts it's 20 times higher on on cyberdust but so i mean from those i'm not really i'm connecting with people but it's not really people that are like other experts uh many of them like cyberdust we've gotten a few subscribers from like i, I and i te and you can test out traffic and stuff like that and it's really cool just to connect with people i mean i've talk to, you know, uh, mommy bloggers, designers, uh, people in apparel who are on these networks, but it's really cool because they're on this new network with you and you kind of have that. It's a little bit more of an intimate connection when you're meeting people on these new networks, because on Twitter, anyone can reach out to you and anyone does. Whereas on these, uh, new networks, they're just happy that someone's talking to them and you can do a lot. I mean, from a promotional standpoint, there's a lot that you can do. Uh, so that, that's that. more that's more reaching your audience. It's more reaching your audience, though. not necessarily learning. Not learning to then. But you opened it up for interpretation, so sure. I went with that. But yeah, I'm not necessarily meeting experts or like getting news that I'm not getting anywhere else. 
So if we had to, if if you had to pick, maybe this should have been the topic, but if you had to pick (laughs) one outlet for receiving news in our industry, what would it be? Inbound.org. I think that's a really good one. I know. Do you actually participate in inbound.org? And by participate, I mean more than just submitting links to articles and things like that. Do you actually like discuss and get into it? No, I want to, but no, I don't. What, What would you say prevents you from doing that? Time. I, I'm very selfish when there are articles that I feel are beneficial to myself. I will read them and then I will not contribute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just a consumer. I, I do consume. And that's, I mean, I don't know if it's a personality flaw or what, but I, because at the same time I share things and right. you, you give, you give and you get, well, I produce things in a selfish way. And I don't know if that's normal. It probably is. Uh, I do it for, for example, I share each episode, each podcast episode, right? Mm-hmm. And I want people to go to it and listen. But at the same time, I'm not going out there and, I mean, I consume the content they're sharing, but not in a way that really benefits them other than giving them some, you know, user metrics. Right. So basically you're kind of like a lurker. I lurk. Yeah, I'm yeah. a lurker for sure. I, I really like Inbound. I think that's that would be my answer too if I had to pick just one. Inbound is really good at making sure you get all the good stuff. I don't think they're awesome at getting rid of all the crappy stuff. For some reason, I feel like marketers, when they're discussing things with other marketers, are so hesitant to call out crap. And you look on LinkedIn and someone posts this piece of garbage post and everyone's just like, oh, this is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever seen. Because I think they're worried that it might come back to them if they dish out uh, stuff like that. So I think that's kind of one of weakness of inbound is people are less likely to hit that downvote button. I don't even know. Is there a downvote button on, on inbound? I think it's just upvote. No, yeah, up just upvote. Yeah, there should be a downvote. Like Reddit is really good at sorting out the garbage because people are ruthless on there. I think people could be a little more ruthless on inbound. But that said, I think inbound is probably my favorite source to make sure you get the most important information. Well, you can, you're right. And typically, in a lot of cases, I think the best content reaches the top. However, inbound is not game proof it's still gameable right you you post something and then you yell into the office hey i need a few upvotes and you get five (laughs) six upvotes and boom you're at the top yeah you're at the top of the the homepage. and i don't know if that's because their you their users are they just don't have as active of users so the competition for the top isn't as as big but it's it's still easy to to game in in a way what i'm saying is you can get crap content to the top of inbound even if it's you know, for a short yeah. amount of time. Yeah. I know, Brandon, you were pretty big into <laughs> building your inbound cred. Are you still you doing that? I'm still goal? on the top page. Last edge. I was like two away from going to page two. So I've been doing some more commenting recently uh, and upvoting. I mean, I, I probably only comment like one or two comments a, a week, like max. Wow, that's that's actually a lot. Anyway, I want to come back to this question because Paxton and I are the only two who answered it. I'd like to ban inbound.org as an answer but besides inbound.org what's another resource that you would use or that you do use or that you would recommend using to someone who's trying to keep up to date if you had to pick one and it wasn't inbound yeah brandon and you can't use like people like does it have to be like a digital medium to consume it i say whatever you want because for me the biggest way i've been able to stay it's kind of a combination of asking questions like i said and then just talking to other people and seeing what works for them so what one person other business owners, like I, I, I'm friends with a lot of uh, one 
Jeez. We'll say uh, Jeez. we'll say the uh, CMO of Dev Mountain. I talk to a lot just because we're both in the same industry. They've had a lot of success, so it's really interesting. And we learn from each other. What's his name? Tyler Richards. Okay, cool. Who's probably not listening to this, but I'll get him to so you can hear his name on the air. Let's right now. bring him on. <clears throat> but yeah, so that's I, I, it's, I, for me. It's all about people. I think there's just so much value, and, and you mentioned it earlier with our early days, 97th floor, where you just sit around, ask questions. Yeah, no, perfect. Stuff. Nate. So for me, it's actually Twitter. And the reason behind that is actually the reasons that you, you showed that inbound can be weak in that I can curate exactly what I want to see. And really, inbound is, is gameable. And there are many instances where I have consumed an article that I saw on my Twitter feed. And then when I jumped over to inbound, there it was as well. Perfect. So we have inbound.org, which do you guys use that as well, Brandon and Nate? Yep. Are you on yes. inbound? I know Brandon is. Nate? Yep. Do you prefer Twitter over inbound? I do, simply because I can curate the content on, on but Twitter. You, no, you can't curate the content. You can curate who you follow, yes. but not the yes. content. But I see, I see that as almost equal because people that start to share things that I'm not interested in, I leave. I, I don't know, man. I'm There's maybe them. like five people I trust enough to... Like put on my oh, list where I know me, that everything they post is for me, something it's I under, it's want under to see. A dozen. Is I'll anyone in this room people. in that top five? No. <laughs> That's my new goal. Mostly in life. because you guys don't post stuff I care about. Yeah, the stuff I <laughs> Nate, post Nate posts about wood all the time. I don't care about that. Uh, that's, a, that's a different Twitter account. Anyway, uh, like we're running... Ran, Ran Fishkin is awesome to follow. Like he posts something, everything he posts, I'm interested in. Yeah, to and read. he has good case studies and those type of things, right. which I enjoy. So follow Ran Fishkin on Twitter. All right, so before we run out of time and go into last word, I want to I want to do one last topic as far as keeping abreast on stuff, and this is the obvious answer that I think most people might give, and it's conferences, right? Conferences were created; their main purpose is to help people stay up to date on the latest industry standards. So, two questions: one, do you see conferences as being valuable? One, second, which conferences would you recommend someone who comes to you and says? Hey, listen, I'm trying to get into the industry. I know that's it's it's fast paced. How can I stay up to date? You say conferences, check these conferences out. Paxton. Should we have this be our final word too? No. No, that won't work well for me. No, I don't want that. Okay. Just we'll we'll do this real quick. Tell me one, are conferences valuable? And two, which conferences? I think conferences can be valuable. I think the majority of them aren't, depending on your level of knowledge. So no, what was your second question? Which conferences Which would conference? you recommend? Um, I've never been to MozCon, but we've sent teams to MozCon a lot and uh, gotten some really good feedback from MozCon. Okay, so MozCon this year is in September for anyone interested. Brandon, what conference, or do you think they're valuable and where, which ones would you go to? Uh, I think they can. So my the one I would go to is MozCon. I mean, I've watched, I haven't been like Paxton, but I've heard great things and I've watched a lot of the videos of the presentations and I like how MozCon does a much better job at filtering who's speaking. It's not just any Joe Schmo who wrote up a good pitch but doesn't actually know what they're talking about. So I would recommend MozCon. And I think these events can be valuable as much as I hate networking. I think there's a lot of value in networking just from like mm-hmm. talking to other people like you and just you know, asking them like, so what's working for you? Like, have you found any cool stuff? Most people are more than happy to tell you the cool research that they're working on or, you know, new case studies, just because that's how marketers are. They, they find something cool and they want to share it, but a lot of people don't ask them. So value in the networking at these events. Nate, I think it can be depends on what your goal for it is. For example, if I'm just trying to distill information and have it help me in my job, 
then I can I can read about that information after the conference. But if I'm going for networking and connecting with those people, then definitely. That's funny. I started the question by saying someone comes to you and says I'm just getting into digital marketing. Which conferences should I go to? And everybody answers, well, it depends on what reason you have. I gave you the reason. So anyway, it's true. It depends on the reason. Uh, Nate, did you say what conference you would go to? I didn't. Okay, that's fine. I want to say one last thing as far as conferences. One, I would not recommend going to Inbound. And I say that because I went this past year. They're too big. Uh, Every session I went to was full. They turn you away. And uh, they're just getting too big. They're, they've outgrown the conference center. And I know this year they're going to be at that conference center again. Last thing on conferences, just follow Paxton. Wherever he's presenting, that's the conference you need to go to. <laughs> All right. So we're out of time. We're going to enter last word, 60 seconds each to give whatever tidbit of information you want to tell our listeners. It's uninterrupted. Usually we'll start with Brandon. So this will be my shortest last word ever. If you want to be a successful digital marketer, surround yourself around successful digital marketers. Perfect. Pax? I think that's awesome. I really like what Brandon said. Don't worry about missing out on pieces of information that are flying around the internet. Just worry about what it is you need to focus on. Go find your answers like Brandon said and surround yourself with smart people. I'll, I'll give my last word and then pass it over to Nate. I know that we have talked about Market Campus before. If you're starting out in digital marketing, even if you're in digital marketing and you want to kind of stay up to date, he just lowered his prices to $29 a month. So, uh, I mean, that's like giving it away. I, I, I kind of gave him a hard time about it because I thought $100 before was too low. But uh, anyway, so Market Campus is a huge resource because you have an expert in digital marketing who keeps it up to date. It's always up to date, so you can trust that the information there is correct. It's also basically everything you want to know about digital marketing all curated into one place. So that's my last word. Nate? So my last word has to do with the things that you, that you do read from people you follow. I would say be careful with case studies. Take them for the context that they're delivered because a lot of times you'll have people that will, will deliver very good and logical arguments, and, and they'll be right for their situation. But when people take those and grab them as gospel, it doesn't always work out in your favor. You need to learn from what other people are doing and testing and then understand how that's actually going to work for your individual circumstance. Thanks, Nate. And thanks to everyone listening. You can find us on iTunes. Just search below the fold. You can also shoot us an email, uh, suggest topic ideas, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk through it and give you a shout out. 